Craft Beer Radio, episode 195, on October 28th, 2011. Friday at 10.50, it's time to party. I'm your excellent host, Greg Weiss. With me, as always, is Jeff. Party on, Greg. Party on, Jeff. This is our quadruple <laughs> slash Belgian show, because we are going to first do a non-quadruple, because it's... Well, I mean, let's face it. It's not a quadruple. <laughs> yes. And it'd be hard to follow a quadruple show with a beer de Mars. A beer de Mars from Omegang Brewery, Cooperstown, New York. This is batch number two from October 2008. Ale refermented with Britannomyces bruxellensis. 6.5% alcohol by volume. 6.5, let's see. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Yikes! That would that dented the ceiling. I think. Wow! That was I that just gave it a little nudge, and it shot off the bottle. It shot off the bottle all the way around. I mean, yeah, it, it, that would have killed me. <laughs> it scared me a little bit. Hmm. I'm looking for a dent up in the ceiling. I don't see it, but the texture makes it difficult to tell. Trying to look and, and interesting, the, the there wasn't a gusher after that. Yeah, I was ready to you know pull it over the dump bucket for. Uh, I poured mine too fast; it's all head. Oh, well, so is mine. I mean, it's got a nice big thick head. I don't think there's there's any way to avoid that one. Um. So, Peter Mars is a French style. I don't think they normally have uh, Britannomyces added. No, so that's going to. Uh, Kind of throw all that style stuff out the window. Uh, it, the the reason why it was originally recalled brewed in March is originally brewed in March, um, and then kept for okay. a while. Well, we've uh, kept it for uh, three years. It's, it's a beer to guard. is is the original style. And beer to March is sort of a beer to guard brewed in right. March. Uh, that's uh, let's see here. BGCP sixteen D beer to guard. But yeah, normally does not have bread, so yeah, it's kind I, of. I a, wouldn't worry too much about the, uh, since we're not going to be tasting that. I wouldn't worry too much about the BGCP description for this one. Um, let's see on the side. Umgang Beer de Mars is a fine Belgian style amber ale with a bit of magical space dust woven in. <laughs> well, Britannomyces bruxellensis, right? A wild yeast. Yes, but they don't, it's, they don't it's, mean it's, outer space dust. They mean, but see, because it's Mars, you know, the label has. Mars, the planet ah, on the I label. See. So they're tying in the space dust with the Mars and the. I'm taking a literal, literal translation. Uh, literal interpretation of the name. Add a tartness, extra zing, and a touch of funk. While dry hopping enhances the hop aroma. Dry hopped? Maybe we shouldn't have held this on for three years. <laughs> well, I mean, it definitely has a. Uh... A bready aroma, but a sweet kind of bready, not not really leathery. Actually, pretty well done on mm-hmm. the bread. Uh, don't yeah, not getting much in the way of hops, but I'm definitely getting a sweet bread, which is is nice. Like I said, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a welcoming bread. Yeah, I was getting a tangy, a little bit of tangy aroma uh, when I first poured it. Now I'm just waiting for my my foam to uh, go down a bit so I can get back in there. I'm just smelling that. 
that uh, tart CO2 type aroma right now. It's a very light amber. Mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah, slightly cloudy. Can't really see your fingerprints through the glass. Or freckles if you have them. Yeah, but I'm not seeing my freckle. Hmm. I like it. It's got kind of a peachy sweetness. And mm-hmm. the, the the tang is, is there, but it's not overwhelming. And again, really well done because I don't really get much in the way of of a leatheriness or you know that kind of dry horsey musk that yeah, you sometimes yeah. can get off. First sip, I thought there was a bit of a chalkiness there, but actually, no. Probably a better way to describe it, especially with your peach thing, would be like you know peach fuzz, like the skin of the peach. You get a little texture, kind of or flavor. You know, it's kind of like the skin of the peach, also with the peaches. You know what this kind of reminded me of? One of my favorite spices is. Black pepper, Piper Niger. And if you ever, I recommend this, try black pepper on something like, you know, I've, I've said before, vanilla ice cream is a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, but fresh fruit, it actually works really well. Oh, yeah? Imagine black pepper with a peach. Okay. There's, there's a never... nice pepperiness here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it goes well with the flavors that are coming up. Yeah, you're right. I mean... Oh, I haven't done, you know, side-by-side pepper taste off. But, yeah, I'm thinking, like, more that's more like a white pepper than a black pepper. You know, the kind of pepperiness I'm getting. But, you know, on the peach still, yeah, mm-hmm. that that's that was the main point of your, of your uh, descriptors, description. Make sure it's fresh. That's the thing with white pepper. It's hard to get white pepper mm-hmm. that's actually fresh. Right. With With black pepper, you can crack it yourself and you mm-hmm. know it's fresh. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I got some white pepper up in the spice cabinet. It's probably about eight years old. Yeah. I bet you that's great, huh? <laughs> Tastes a little like pepper and a little like cardboard. I got 15 gallons of apple cider fermenting back here behind me. I saw some in your freezer. Yeah, that's for the back sweetening. That's, you know, once it's fermented, I'll add some juice back in to get some apple flavor back in. Uh, I see. Uh, so, yeah, you freeze it off so it doesn't, you know, turn in the fridge or anything. Okay. I think Greg remembered what he was trying to remember in the pre-show. No, I didn't, but I, remember, I did remember something I wanted to oh. talk about. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, so the the yeah the two gallons of apple cider that are frozen. That's just to keep it from changing, and I'll thaw it out when I'm done fermenting, sweeten it in, and that uh, keeps you know it's not going to have an infinite shelf life because the yeast and the wild yeast are in there will want to ferment out that back sweet juice. But if you keep it cold, drink it fast. I like that cider. I like a semi-sweet cider with some apple juice in there. Save some for me. Bottle a couple or something. I might bottle some, but if I bottle it, it's not going to be back sweetened. It's just going to be a dry cider because that'll work too. Yeah, with all you know, I, actually five gallons was purchased by a coworker of mine, so that's that's going to work, and I'm drinking that at work. But then I still got ten gallons, and it doesn't have a super. The stuff I back sweeten won't have a super long shelf life. So I think I was going to take two or three gallons, pull off some bottles, maybe more, and then try to have that. With a little bit longer shelf life, because last year, you know, we drank all my cider, like, right quick. and It was, it was good. It was I remember gone. your cider was very good. We'll see how this one goes. I was, uh, I forgot that I didn't make any yeast starters, and I didn't have any dried yeast around, so I used three vials of yeast I had laying around that have, were out of date 
almost almost two years out of date. So they took like four days to actually start fermenting. Huh. So worst case, you know, we got some spontaneous fermentation in there too, but that's not that's not a uh, it's not a game change. It's not a, a cider killer. But what it does mean is probably means my shelf life won't be all that great. Because if there's something that's going to start, if there's PDO in there, pediococcus, it's going to start giving off all kinds of crazy diacetyl and just turn into a butter bomb if it ages. We don't want that. No, we don't. So back to the beer, the beer to Mars from Amagang. This is a 2009 beer, so it might be a little bit hard to find. But This one's 2008. Oh. Batch number two on this one. Hmm. The one I'm the, reading the about. Neck, six. The neck label uh, has a batch number in the brewing uh, the date that it was probably released. So is this still being released? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe, maybe not. not. No. Well, yeah, maybe because I'm sorry, I, there was an ale 2009, but this is their beer tomorrow. So yeah, it's, it's one of their seasonals. Okay. So. All right then. That was tasty. I'd like to have more, but we got some big beers coming down the pike, so I'm going to have to. Uh, Refrain and maybe have some later. Uh, did you notice anything else on on those last tastes? Like, did, take take a smell now. It's interesting how much the smell has kind of evolved or maybe devolved um, as the beer has been been drunk. It, it's, it 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 gets a little bit more leathery as it was being drinking, but the beer stays very good and it stays. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's a little other. I wasn't really looking for it. I was thinking it was coming across. It was still pretty carbonated, right? And mm-hmm. while it's not hoppy, there's a bit of a grapefruit type character. It's a little tart in there, and, and it has a little bit of grapefruit character going on. Just rinsing out our glasses, because Brett with the quad probably won't be too great. So we have three now quads. Quadruples. Yes, and all the bottles are big. 11.8% alcohol by volume. Alright, so which one do you want to do? Let's do the Weyerbacher first. Alright. So this is the Weyerbacher quad out of eastern Pennsylvania. We've done this before. Actually, I think we did it before relatively recently. Yeah, we may have. I had some 12-ounce bottles of this, and this is a 22-ounce bottle. Mm-hmm. I know when Weyerbacher does like their double Simcoe in a Cajun cork bomber, or 750, they use some of their Belgian yeast to bottle condition it. I don't. This is not a Cajun cork... Uh, tw- this is just 22-ounce bomber quad, so I don't know if this one is uh, forced carbonated or uh, bottle conditioned like their cork stuff is. Try to get information. Their website does not, unfortunately, offer much information on the beer. It's probably the same um, bottling process as the twelve ounce quads, I would think. Beer Advocate says that the alcohol by volume content is eleven point eight. Like I like you said, that's what it was. And Ooh, it smells good. It does smell good. It smells good. Well, let's let's look up the BJCP quad, shall we? Let's do that. All right, so 18E is the Belgian dark strong category, and that's where quads fit. Um, they mention here uh, 
some of the, I guess some of the more notable things uh, can have a Munich type quality, often with caramel, toasted, or bready aroma. So that would be Munich. You know, the German malt would give you right. more of a bready than that that American caramel thing. They do mention the Weyerbacher quad in the examples, but they call it under the the barley wine, um, barley wine type of beers. So think of you know instead of being like a trappist, they mention they mention it specifically as sort of a, a higher bitterness, bitterness is allowed, and, and Weyerbacher is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the aroma complex malt sweetiness, um, rich and strong, can have Munich quality, often with caramel toast or bready aroma. Uh, peppery quality, not clove-like alcohol, should be soft, spicy, perfumey, rose-like, low to moderate intensity, no diacetyl, no dark roast malt aroma, no hot alcohols or solventy aromas, no recognizable spice additions. You should be getting mostly bready, somewhat caramelly malt. You should not be getting hot alcohols from this. You should be getting... Yeah. I mean, basically, from what I'm hearing is you expect... You know, nice malty beer like a barley wine, yeah. but with some Belgian character. Too, Belgian yeah. character, right? Because it's from out with Belgian mm-hmm. yeast. Um, they, I like how they mentioned where the Trappist style styles are drier, or as the Belgians call it, more digestible. Where the ones with the Abbey type character are typically a, a fuller bodied. So think of you know, uh, I guess Chimay is a good example. The, the Chimay Blue, right? That's a, a thinner body compared to. Uh, Omega, you know, double type right. thing. So compare to those two. The appearance it fits right in with the appearance: deep amber to a deep coppery brown in color, uh, dense, mousy, persistent cream to light tan colored head. Uh, the, the head is is a little bit uh, is not quite yeah when, dense. When you get to eleven percent, that's you you start running yeah. into head retention problems. I think the head's you know appropriate for for a high alcohol beer, clear to somewhat hazy. Glass. It's quite hazy. Yeah. And for yeah. flavor, similar should be similar to the aroma, mildly malty or sweet. Finish should be variable depending on interpretation. So authentic Trappists are mildly dry to dry. Abbey versions can be medium dry to sweet. So that's a big yeah. differentiation there. Yeah. Uh, low bitterness, um, but sweeter and more full-bodied beers may have a higher bit- bitterness level to balance. Almost all versions are malty in balance, although if you are lightly bitter. So I, you generally want to expect mm-hmm. malt-forward fruitiness, you know, some of the esters and stuff that come out of it. Right. Not a heck of a lot of bitterness. Yeah, so let's get into this beer. Smelling a great um, toffee, caramel-type malty beer. It, just big, big on the barley aromas there. You know, not too many esters from yeast, really. Are you getting? Are you getting some? Or? A little bit of of you know spicy quality, which is okay. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, not not yeah, not hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a malty stuff going in there. There's, I think this is oxidized because. I'm getting a weird kind of off cherry note. Well, I'm let me let me dig on that a little bit more. I didn't notice it in first sip. I'm getting you know big, big malt flavor again. Sweet. I'm really enjoying that. And then, while it's not hot, you can tell the alcohol's in here. It's it's a little warm. Yeah. And it's not. 
It's, I'm trying to like I'm thinking. My first impression is it's not all that Belgian-y. It's you know blindfolded. Would I say barley wine is instead of a quad? You know, it's it's I'm trying to figure out what I would think here, not knowing. Hmm. I'm letting it air out a bit too. I had one of these quads in a twelve ounce bottle recently. And I don't remember it tasting like this. I, this one yeah. is just a big, sweet, malty beer compared to... I'm still not getting too much oxidation. You know, actually, in the late aftertaste, I'm getting a little more of that Munich-type character. Where it, it's... Imagine you're, you're like eating... You're going from eating bread pudding to bread crust, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of, like, makes that turn. Where it's this sweet, you know, ju- you know full soft, you know, dessert-type bread, and then it's going into, like, a bread crust where it gives, you know, a little more Munich-y at the end. The only problem I'm really having with it, but I think it's kind of a big problem, is that I'm getting a kind of a medicinal cherry. Hmm. Uh, or at least very, very strong, like, maraschino cherry. Um, really kind of in the middle of, of, of the tongue. And it's... N- it's not altogether the most pleasing flavor it really isn't <laughs> i'm liking it a lot and i'm also comparing it i to think the, i like it drier i'm comparing it to the quad that i had in the 12 ounce bottle a couple weeks ago right. and and what i remember from that one was it took me a couple sips to really get in on that one the first couple sips were kind of um chalky maybe a little i don't know it was Maybe a little tannic or astringent, but, I mean, mostly chalky. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. But then after, like, two or three sips, I really, you know, kind of that first perception, I got used to it. And I was able to dig into other parts of the beer. And I enjoyed the rest of the glass. Where this one, from the aroma, from first sip, I'm digging it. I really like I really like the mold character on this one. But it doesn't taste as Belgian to me. <laughs> I still don't have any issues with oxidation or anything, though. Yeah, I don't know. It's um when it switched glasses sure. and see if there's a little bit of a difference here. I'm not getting much of a difference. Yours does taste a little more like a cherry soda or something. I I noticed that. Like a Cherokee red or something. I'm getting a little mm-hmm. bit of that on the sip I just took off of yours. Let me take it on the sip of mine and see if I can taste the same thing. Yeah, yours may be a little bit less on the cherryness. Yeah, I don't get it with mine. Mine, yours is a little hotter, I think. And I poured yours first, so I guess don't drink the top of the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Or let it sit, let it breathe. Maybe. That's interesting. Yours is slightly hotter than mine. It has a little bit of that Cherokee red, cherry cola type flavor to it. It's a little off, but yeah, yours tasted, you know, slightly different. I mean, all the flavors are still there in both mm-hmm. of them. Um, I just it's a little bit more intense in mine. Yeah. So uh, your your second your second glass will be better than your first. <laughs> We're just gonna have to start pouring like a couple milliliters yeah. at a time in one glass, and the next glass back. It's a good form. thing we're not afraid of cooties. I have a very strong immune system, strong like bull. <laughs> Yeah, yours I think had a little bit more carbonation, um, or or mine just had a little bit uh, 
Yeah, much more heavier. See, I I had the opposite impression. I thought yours yours reminded me of that like red soda. Mm-hmm. So yours seemed a little more prickly in the carbonation than hmm. mine. Mine seemed a little creamier. <laughs> so odd. Yes, very. I guess I guess I'm getting some Belgian character in this now. I mean, it's not a straight barley wine, but it is interesting. I do think that the last time I had this, it was a lot more mm-hmm. dry. It was maybe it was drier. It was drier. It was more digestible, as the Belgians like to say. Those wacky Belgians. I, I want to save this one for last, so let's move on to... Well, the only reason I don't is because this one is has an additive. Yeah, but this one this won one a gold medal with the Great American Beer Fest this year. All right, so we'll try the adjunct first. <laughs> um, well, that's no reason to save it for last, though. I just want I want to I want to take the the cherry one where you, oh, there's okay. a cherry one that, that I don't okay. want the cherry to influence everything that I'm going to be tasting. All right. Next. So we'll, we're doing the uh, two Tortugas Holiday Quadruple Ale from Carl Strauss Brewing Company in San Diego, California. Watch it, watch it. Ooh, it's a little gushy, but not too bad. Look at that! It's just showing it's off. Just a little mushroom cloud. It's, it's a little mushroom head over the top. Oh, now it's starting to leak down the side. Yeah, not a gusher. Just. Barely, it's just too big of a beer to live in the bottle. That's all. all. Right. Tortugas means turtles. Uh, so they did. I guess they're doing a series like every year. They're doing like the the Christmas, like you know, one, you know, two turtle doves. Because last year it was one, and it was like a parrot or something, right? And they sent us a sample of it. And then this year is two tortugas. So next year will be three something. And, but yeah, melody. Uh, yeah, Carl Strauss sent us this sample. Okay, so uh, one is a, a turtle dove. Hmm. Okay, 11.1% alcohol by volume. 35 is the SRM, so that's the color. Really uh, dark tan, it is very clear. It is a lot clearer than the last beer. It's a little too dark to see fingerprints, but yeah, very sharp. 25 IBUs. Malted with pale white wheat, carabage, and caramunic too, or carabelge, sorry. Uh, hopped with Bravo and Willamette. Interesting topping there. Uh, yeast with the Belgian Abbey yeast, and adjunct is the dark Belgian candy sugar, which you would expect in mm-hmm. these Belgian beers. Available at 22 ounce in draft, mid November 2011. Right on time. Yep, it's still October, so. Well. We're actually getting one of these um, promotional beers out into the podcast yeah. before they're re- before they're sold out, let alone released. <laughs> so they're in San Diego. Um, check them out. We uh, we definitely enjoy beers from Carl Strauss, and thank you. And again, this is like we said, this is from yeah. the brewery. So yep, full yep. disclosure, full, full disclosure. But uh, we we don't tend to not let that color our opinion. So the aroma on this one, you know, we're going to draw comparisons to the last one. It's not that big, sweet, no. barley wine type but, but aroma. But it is a nice aroma. It, it is. is. What do you got? Um, it's almost cola-like. It's It's got um, a, a sweetness to it, uh, but it doesn't have a dark fruit. A it, big if there's, dark that, fruit if there's any dark fruit, it's cherries. Yeah. And it's kind of like a cherry Coke, but, but not in any of the bad oxidized ways. It's right. kind of like... I think I just smell a hint of cherry in there. Yeah, something. a hint of cherry, a hint of cloviness. Um, 
I don't, I don't know if it's the the alcohol, but something is filling out that um, that whole cherry cola perception in there. Go you know what flavors. I'm not smelling is like I know nutmeg is a big part of uh, of Coca Cola's formula and oh, okay. it doesn't have nutmeg in here. Um, so I don't smell it at least. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to imply that it smelled just like. Did you see that someone published the Coca Cola formula, or at least a very close approximation of no. it? And there's like orange oil and nutmeg oil and all types of different stuff in there. Cool. We should try to make it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like Coke that much. Yeah. I've I've lost much of my interest for soft drinks. I'm, you know, actually, you know, what occasionally interests me is just sort of seltzer water with water or with lemon or something. That mm-hmm. that is the only problem is seltzer water is a little bit too high carbonated. Mm-hmm. But you can just you know agitate it. And I mean, get I little, still like you know good soda fountain, you know, or something that's good and potent, or you know these these craft type. Um, soft drinks. Yeah, yeah, like a Jones soda or something like that. Something, or something that uses like real sugar. Yeah, you know, uh, you know we've got the Boylan's, we have uh, a couple others. I like root beers, real root oh, beers. Yeah, Boylan's is the more, so Jones, which one's the, uh, oh, Hank's, Hank's is the one in local that, you know, oh, that's some good stuff, the black cherry, and the root beer, yeah. the orange, yeah. All right, I'm going to taste this guy. Enough talking. Oh, that's fascinating. It has a big... Those German malts come through first, right? So it it has this, like, Vienna lager-type character to it at first, right? It's kind of like this Imperial Vienna or something. But then it gets this sweetness back in. Oh, man! (laughs) It's like telling three or four different, you know, there's like a couple verses to that taste. Number one, check out the head on this one. Look at how much finer the bubbles are. Mm -hmm. Um... Sure. How you know how much more kind of luscious the head is on this, although not necessarily tan. It's a little bit whiter, but uh, I wanted to notice that just because it's it, it's very well constructed. the The flavors, yeah, there, there's a you know the, the cherry is there, but the, the cherry basically comes from a lot of the malts mm-hmm. and you know somewhat influence of the, of the Belgian yeast. It's it's crazy that this isn't spiced or something. I mean, there's a lot going on in there. It's all from the yeast, apparently. Yeah, it starts off, the base malts are, look, a lot of German malts in there. You know, it's very Vienna lager type base, but big. It's an imperial Vienna. Yeah. And then it rolls into this cherry vanilla, little clovey. <laughs> There's a little bit of hoppiness there. There's definitely hoppiness there. It, it Think a little bit of the Anderson Valley Winter Solstice. There's a little bit of those kind of okay. flavors going on. You know, that's kind of a let's use that as a milepost for for the listeners because it's pretty pretty easy to get to. Okay, yeah. So it's not as as spicy as it's the Winter as Solstice, spicy. but it, it it's got a deep darkness, like you know, a deep sort of uh, dark fruitiness, like the yeah. And cut, but you know, dial Solstice. back on the vanilla a little bit. But appreciate the alcohol level because it's. I, I think maybe a little bit more here. Even I don't know eleven point one versus winter solstice is probably when, like nine. When or 10. I first poured it, I was smelling something and I couldn't quite figure it out. And you read that they had white wheat in here, and I think I was there was some of that that steeliness that's in the wheat aroma. That's one of the things I smelled early mm. on. But that kind of volatilized quickly, and, and it wasn't really in the later aromas. Um, but think about how wheat might play with the body in this, too, when you're drinking it. Well, probably, I mean, 
almost certainly not a lot of wheat, probably more on the order of or, 10%. Or, or it's filtered out. You know, yeah. It's so clear that the yeah. wheat, it has to be filtered or something because even 10% wheat wouldn't be as crystal clear as this thing mm. looks. I'm not, we know what I'm not getting, which the website says that you should look for. They say, um, here's some marketing before a delicate union of toffee, dark fruits, and warming spices. I'm not getting number one. I'm not getting toffee. Uh, I would replace toffee with, you know, the Munich type breadiness, bread yeah. crust, you know, they get that, that rustic bread crust. Yeah, thing a little bread on. pudding or, or yeah. cinnamon toast or something along those but lines. But there is some spiciness in yes. there. Yes. Spice. It's funny dark because... Dark and warming spices, yeah. Does it taste like there's Belgian yeast at work or does it taste like it was spiced with from a spice rack to you? Because <laughs> I'm thinking it tastes like it was spiced from a spice rack. I'm not really getting anything that says, hey, Belgian, but... You know, in the ingredient list, you're pretty straight, you know, forthcoming with what they put in it, and there's no spices added. But it it doesn't taste like what you think of a Belgian beer would do. You know, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, it doesn't have Belgian beers. There, there's I wouldn't say funk, but there's definitely a, a character. The esters, the esteriness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is their holiday ale, right? So they took a Belgian quad. And they, you know, they they made it ferment into a hill. It definitely, I mean, if I was blindfolded, I'm like, yeah, this is a Christmas beer, right? I'm not sure blindfolded I'd notice that it's a Belgian quad. But it's a good, it's a, it's a tasty beer nonetheless. Very pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, very comforting beer. It's uh, it's a fire, you know, down the fireplace. It might even be better, a little bit uh, warmer than it is right now. Here you go. It's the best Oktoberfest I've had this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that Munich Mall just keeps pulling at me. I really love how they used it. I mm. really love that German type flavor that's at the front of the at the front of the taste and how it pulls through to these spices I mean, and fruits. Eleven point one percent is one hell of a triple Oktoberfest. <laughs> I, I just I just brought it up again because With I ale love yeast. how that malt flavor comes through in the beer and comes out the back. Oh, this is fun. Raise a glass to two thousand to two twenty eleven, or save a bottle for twenty twenty one. It's good enough now. I'm not sure I yeah. want to age it, you yeah. know, and risk it. I mean, it, sure, it could be amazing in ten years, but it's pretty good now. You said this won the gold medal? It won, yeah, this yes, year at the GABF. The, I'm not sure exactly. Won the bronze. Category. Won the bronze. I really thought it was gold. For Belgian style Abbey Ale. Well, maybe I'm just being too optimistic. Hmm. Oh. So the first one would have been a partridge. Well, but it was a pear. In a pear tree. That would have been if they really were literally... It would be two turtle doves, but these are two tortugas. Right. Last year, they sent us some kind of parrot. Parrot in a palm tree. That's what it was. Oh, okay. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is tortugas. So is there, is there a twist? Two tortugas. So next year will be three-something Southern California-ish. Three French hens. So how would they make 
French hens into California. I wonder if they even have it picked out yet. Let's let's give them the best idea. Yeah. Let's okay. See. So, um, so you don't necessarily associate French with California, right? If anything, you're tor- 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 you associate, you know, Mexican with California. Right. Well, in San Diego, it's real close. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, three surfboards, but it's not, it's not very poetic. So yeah, maybe uh, uh, three Los Poyos. <laughs> Los Poyos. <laughs> Los Poyos Hernandez. <laughs> Hermanos. 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 You know, actually, this is a good segue to going a little off topic. Estoy... Apprehendos Espanol. You've, you're learning Spanish. I am. Yes. I'm uh, the podcast Coffee Break Spanish. I downloaded all their episodes and I've been doing it for uh, two weeks now. And, you know, all the episodes are there, but basically I, I re listen to an episode until I get all the vocabulary down and whatnot. So I'm on episode 11 right now. I can understand. A lot of chit-chat. It's still very difficult for me to construct the proper structure. So I would be usted to you because I'm a friend. No, no, usted is uh, formal. Formal, okay. So um, it would... It depends on what I'm saying. It's not like a... So the verbs would typically be ending like es if I'm talking about you. You know, like... uh, um, uh, de donde eres, right? Yes, at the end of eres, like where do you live? Um, or, um, you know, uh, hablas espanol, you know, instead of habla usted, uh, um, este usted, este habla, how do I say the <laughs> formal version of do you speak Spanish? I forget. Again, okay, we're getting too far off yes. topic. But yeah, um, I've been using it on, on my commute, listening to uh, you know Spanish. It's funny, I didn't know Muammar Gaddafi was dead until three days later because I haven't been listening to the NPR <laughs> in the morning. So that's kind of a struggle. Do I listen to Spanish on my commute or do I listen to the news on my commute? And well, I, all it takes is a cursory look at CNN every once in a while. I well, mean, that's it. You know, I need to do something else. Yeah, I need to do something else. The funny thing is, if I don't do the Spanish, like I, at least like I took like two like the last weekend I took off and didn't really listen to any Spanish last weekend, and I had to go back and review a bunch because I had forgotten a bunch of stuff. But that was just five days into learning Spanish. Well, I wish you. Um Good luckos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure how to. S- I'm trying to think if I know anything equivalent to, uh, you know, good wishes or anything like that, but I don't yet. Oh well. Yeah, but. Está mucho bien. Muy bien. Muy bien. Muy. Muy. Muy bien. Very good. Yep. Spanish. <laughs> I still can't roll my R's. Rico. I can't do that. I don't. I got to figure out how to do that. They gave one lesson on how to do not really a rolled R, but uh, a Spanish R. Where uh, um, for for now, it's a word eora, and get that ora. It took me some eora. practice. Eora. Yeah. Eora. eora. So it's like almost like aorta, the artery. Or, right. Or, it's or a kind of an R and T combination. The, the reason they the way they taught it was the double T in butter or otter. So an otter. 
if you say an otter, that gets you into aorta. Ah. So, I, actually, I don't have to think about doing that one anymore, but I still can't roll my R's. Well, you just be ugly American. Aorta. Aorta. <laughs> That's more. That's kind of more Minnesota. Oh, the weird thing is, I'm learning Minnesota. Coffee, coffee break Spanish is done by some Scotch guy, a Scotch guy in Scotland, and it's from mainland Spain. So all the S's are. Th- so it's instead of gracias, it's gracias. Gracias. And uh, instead of cinco, it's cinco. It sounds like uh, you know a speech impediment or a gay guy <laughs> speaking Spanish. You know, it's it's funny. Cinco. <laughs> So I'm learning the uh, the mainland Spain version, but like the words that I'm familiar like so anytime it's you know like okay if I'm in Latin America you just put an S in there you know, for that that's cool or maybe he's just to the lisp. <laughs> it's funny listening. I mean, you know, growing up in America watching Sesame Street, you're used to using an S instead of a, th- and and yeah, hearing mainland Spain Spanish, it, it does sound. Like a speech impediment, you know. It's it's interesting. We can talk more about languages in the post show. A little bit. Let's go on to our final beer of the night. This is again. We this is the second day or second week in a row that we're doing a local beer. Although we did it in the pre-show last time. Mm-hmm. This time we're doing it here in the main show. Church Brew Works Quadzilla, a cherry cherry, quad. cherry Quadzilla. Cherry quad. Oh, it's quadzilla, cherry quadruple, yeah. Belgian style quad. A malt beverage brewed with cherry puree and cherry. A malt beverage brewed with cherry puree and cherry puree added, which must mean like in the fermenter or something, like post fermentation. That must be why. That must be why they had to call it a, a malt beverage as opposed to a beer. It could be. Oh, we got uh, a gusher. Gusher. Got gusher. A gusher. <laughs> Oh, it's still gushing. All right, Big so... Big gusher. <laughs> this is uh, from right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Lawrenceville, to be exact, I believe. Um, it is a quadruple 10.3% alcohol by volume. Adjuncted, as we said, with cherries in a green bottle. Yes, yeah, so hopefully I did a good job in a uh, keeping the ultraviolets off of this beer. But again, quads do not have a lot of hops, so it's generally not a big issue. Even though, I want to stress this, any amount of hop uh, spoilage by light, you are very, very sensitive to, up to a, you know, a part per billion. So, I don't think it's as sensitive as like diacetyl and some things. So, I mean, it it's is. probably like 10 parts per billion or something. No, it? no, it's a part per billion. Okay. There's some people who say possibly a part per trillion. So, it, it's mm, okay. So, uh, talking about the church brew works, I've had this bottle in the cellar for a while. So, if it is spoiled, my fault, not necessarily theirs. Um, we talked about last week in the pre show where they, I've been, and I actually told Matt, the one brewer, last night, excuse me. That, you know, I've been kind of skeptical of church beers bottled at beer distributors. And when we had that Oktoberfest last week, we, um, it was really good. Tasted really clean and everything. That beer was actually bottled in August. So maybe they have their bottling under control these days. Um, you know, I was really impressed with how clean and fresh that beer tasted. And it was already 
two and a half months old, three months old, sure. when we drank it. Well, I mean, as we have said multiple times, beer companies are Brewery. forced to keep up. Breweries, are yeah, breweries forced. have to get better, or they're going to go out of business. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so if you have a brewery that is subpar, you know, check them out every couple of years, every year, every couple of years, and and see if they're uh, doing what they need to do to make better beer and stay in business. You might find that it's not you know the crappy brewery that it used to be. Didn't mean to infer the church was ever crappy. Well, maybe at one point they were crappy, but it's been quite a while. Um, Brandt used to be the brewer at the church. He left to go to Chicago to be a brewer at a some new startup. I'm not sure which one. I didn't. They didn't know the name. So uh, Matt Moniger is kind of taking the reins, but a brewer that used to work at the church, and he spent some time at um, Schlafly, and I believe the Coors is coming back, and he's going to be a they're gonna share lead brewer, and this new this guy's gonna be I forget his name. I'm sorry, Steve. Steve. I think it's Steve. that was kind of like subcon- hey, Steve. that was like subconscious off the top of my head. I think it's Steve something, <laughs> but he's gonna be QA, so he's gonna be doing the lab work, and he's gonna be like you know partial brewer. I always and- love it when you know a, a brewer from like Coors or Budweiser comes to a, a local brewery or a smaller brewery because then you you really know that a they know their science they know their brewing because they mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten a job at the big brewer otherwise and b they want a chance to prove themselves they want a chance to make something interesting i mean i'm sure florian is doing some great stuff where he's at now. and uh, chestnut yeah uh, urban chestnut i'm not even sure if they're making i haven't heard any news about them i'm not sure if they're making beer yet but we'll be soon yeah, and uh, let's talk about the spirit. Then I'll talk a little bit more about the church. In, in terms of appearance-wise, it's kind of right on the mark. It's got the right head. It's got the the, the dark amber color. Although it's very cloudy. very cloudy. Yeah. Yep, yep. But it looks good aroma-wise. There's I'd... a little toffee in the aroma. There's a lot. Is it the CO two? What's the main aroma there? Well, it's it's obviously cherry. <laughs> Is is it? I mean, I'm not sure. It wasn't so obvious for me, but yeah, I guess it is cherry. It's um, maybe a little more cherry liqueur or something like that. Maybe. It's a little yeasty, maybe in the aroma. Yeah, there's a, there's a sort of a, a yeasty bit to it. Maybe um, yeah. So imagine a. Or or maybe Unfermented like fermented bread. Or here's or how about like cherry? A, how about like cherry blossoms, like a like a polony type thing? Is that is that what I'm smelling? No, I definitely get the yeasty bar. You know, sort of um, you know the brewer's yeast uh, mm-hmm. aroma that you know it's it's started. To, if you have a starter, you can get some of that aroma mixed with cherries. Mm-hmm. It's but more complex than, than the aroma. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, what do I want to say? It's it's by far the least maltiest beer of the night. But that's not you know that's not really a bad. It's not thing. negative, not yeah. at all. It, it's it's more what I expected most of the quads would be like. The yeah. body wise, it's kind of these these imperial Meritzen type flavors. <laughs> you know, wasn't what I was expecting. It's kind of got yeah. It, it has a a, a very. Um, 
a little bit more simple flavor, but a little more comforting in the same way. It's you know the cherry is uh, omnipresent as it should be with a beer with cherry. It doesn't taste added like with does, cherry, but but it doesn't taste like cherry cola. Right, it doesn't taste like cherry liqueur. Yeah, I mean I, I tried to say cherry liqueur in the aroma, but flavor wise, it's just just a hint of cherry. It's 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 not overstated. It's I think it's well done. One thing I'm really noticing is the yeast. The yeast is really coming through here and is playing a, a major part, I believe, in, in the flavor, not just in in a, in a phenolic sense. Yeah. This in is the sense of just kind of a, a yeasty bread uh mm-hmm. flavor that does not take the Munich notes that the other ones have had. Yeah, it's almost definitely the the Belgian Hellsch yeast at at the church. The one yeah. they use their triple, they do with the triple, and then any other Belgian beers they do. Hmm. Yeah, I got to talk with Sean Casey last night. He's the owner of the church. Um, he was there eating with his family. He's like, he heard Matt talking to me and Jeff, and he's like, "Are you Jeff Guidos? Jeff Guidos is the brewer that used to be at the Red Star, and he's opening the All Saints Brewery." I'm like, unfortunately, no, I only play a brewer at home. I'm not a real brewer. <laughs> but I, I introduced... It, it's funny because, like, oh, yeah, I've talked with you got you before. You know, you do that local beer podcast. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you talked with me before where it was almost definitely the should I drink that guy. Because yeah. right? they, they do the they do their uh, due diligence in uh, promoting the local market. Because <laughs> I've never talked with Sean before about beer. <laughs> Taste this and see if you if you agree with me here. Give me a taste. So, do you want me to form an opinion before you plant some seed in my head? Or? No, I want to plant a seed in your head while you're tasting. Okay. Okay. So, he has it in his mouth. He's drinking Mad Elf. Chugs a uh, high-alcohol cherry winter beer. You know what? I think I like this better than Mad Elf. I like that full body quad mm-hmm. as opposed to a triple with honey. Because the honey makes it a little bit hotter. But yeah, the cherries. It, it, it's 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 the same it's the same ballpark, right? Right. It's I think I like this take on a cherry Belgian strong Christmas beer. Better. But I see what you're saying. Cherries, it, it puts the, the cherries come across the very same way. Mm-hmm. It makes sense because they both have added cherries to it. Right. It's it's not medicinal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste medicinal like the uh, like the quad kind of tasted to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit cherry pie filling, but like think of a cherry pie filling with maybe thirty percent less sugar. Yes. Right. Yeah. It has it has definitely a more deep like you know this is cherry puree as opposed to mm-hmm. you know a sugared. You know, canned yeah, cherry. Yeah, think of a cherry pie, but like one third less sweet. Well, think of a cherry pie made with actual cherries as opposed to no, made it'd with. It'd be really tart. It'd be really tart if you didn't put in, you know. No, you put sugar. in sugar. Well, okay. But you're not, it's not the kind of sweet pasteurized note that you get necessarily from a, from like a canned cherries okay. that you may get at, at, at the store. Like you actually took cherries and you put in sugar, but you actually took real cherries and you did it. Okay. I'm glad that's the last beer. I'm starting to get a little woo. Ah, <laughs> uh, cherries. Uh. 
big 11% beers. Mm. Damn you. Why do we do a podcast where we drink alcohol? Why do we do a podcast where we can stay sober? <laughs> because, because who would listen to that? <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, ranking time. All right. Oh, you know, it's uh, it's easy and then it's hard. It's it's not so... The last one's easy to me. The rest of them are not. Hmm. Because they're, they're... I really like the first beer, even though it wasn't a quad. And... The the okay so Weyerbacher Quad is obviously my last beer my, my last beer it just doesn't it, it doesn't stand up to the rest of them not at all this this bottle anyway these this was a really good beer this this cherry quad and yet well I should say that the cherry quad from the Church Brew Works was the one that exceeded my expectations the most. And it was kind of the one that, that kind of filled all the, all that I was wanting. I mean, partially because of the age, and I was worried if I had it in the cellar too long. But no, it, it is a hell of a beer right now with the age that's on it and, and how it was stored in the green 715 bottle. Um, oh, I know I'm having a tough time because... Well, I'll do it then. You, you go, go. All right. My number one beer of the night is going to have to be the beer to Mars. From the the non-quad. Yes. <laughs> I loved it. I really did. Uh, it had kind of... In, in, I think what really pulled me to, to making it number one was the way it used Brett. Because normally when I get bread, let's wait, wait till <laughs> Jeff is about to bring out his cat. He's going to make a huge amount of noise. <laughs> no, Maude, I can do it stealthily. Sure, you can. <laughs> the, the way the way is bread. It, it, I mean, normally when I get bread, there, there's there's a little bit of shoe leather or, or horse leather. I mean, there, there's a little bit of leatheriness. There really wasn't here. No, it was it was one of the best breaded beers. Yeah, one of the best three year old breaded beers. I've ever had exactly, and that to me is amazing. And perhaps four years ago, when I had not had a lot of bread of beers, this would not have been as high on my list. But I think just because of how fascinated and how impressed I am with their use of bread and ices, uh, and how much I like the style anyway, uh, that ranks the highest for me tonight just you know i'm totally impressed i thought it was in, immensely drinkable i thought the brett character came through great without having any negative qualities whatsoever mm-hmm. that to me makes it number one my number two beer is going to be this church brew works i i really enjoy this this is kind of the, the it, it's not as complex as the carl strauss but it's very enjoyable. It's very drinkable. It's you know, it it's full. It gives me pretty much exactly what I want out of a quad. And so I'm going to yeah, actually, you know, good good point. I mean, good points, but you know, I'm wondering. I kind of sat on this beer for so long because I wanted the cherries to mellow. I didn't want some cherry soda type beer. Right. Yeah. And no. I wonder if we did the right if I did the right thing and pulled it at the right time cuz I mean, we thought the cherries were super integrated in this yeah. beer. And I'm wondering if, you know, 
if the time was good or if it's it's good fresh. So we'll 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 consider that this is a three year old. <laughs> Or is it three? I, I mean, don't know how many years old it is. It's, it, it's probably a, three or four years old. Yeah. I've had this for a while. I bought this... I probably bought this before I had kids. So yeah, it's probably three or four years old. Wow. We've had a beer... Think about that. Just just think about that. How many of you, really, be honest, have beer sellers where you keep a beer for three or four years? Jeff has a huge beer so he is way way more self-control than I do when it comes to drinking these uh, these alcoholic beverages. Maybe it comes with kids. I don't know. It's funny. I, we'll say that for post-show, but I have tremendous self, self-control for my beer cellar. But if there's like junk food in the house that Heather buys, we'll talk about this later. I have no self-control. I have self-control at the store, not in the pantry. <laughs> Okay, and so uh, obviously uh, the the Carl Strauss uh, comes in next. Very very good beer. Just uh, the the other beers kind of eclipsed it for me tonight. Maybe it would be mm-hmm. different another night, but uh, the Weyerbacher comes in uh, uh, fourth. I wouldn't even say hard luck losers. I didn't really like this bottle. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it didn't really taste. I'll agree, it doesn't taste too quaddy to me. It tasted like a barley wine. I'm not sure why that came across that way. So, my ranking, I am torn. I mean, there is like two, maybe three hard luck losers in my (laughs) ranking, right? I just feel bad because these four beers were awesome. I loved every single one of them. I Mm -hmm. thought they were all very good. Even the Weyerbacher Greg didn't care for. While I don't think it's the best quad of the night, I thought it was a hell of a tasty beer. Okay. And if we're just doing hell of a tasty beers, then they're all they're all number one in my heart. But they all can't be. That's part of that silly rule that we create here on Craft Beer Radio, and I have to rank them. I am going to put I can't put the Bearded Mars number one like Greg. I liked it a lot, but it's just not it's not punching me like it like it needs to be number one. I'm I'm torn between the Cherry Quadzilla. And the two Shortugas for the best beer of the night. I'm going to talk it out here. I'm going to talk it out and Do try it. to come to a conclusion. Talk it at. So the reason I think the Cherry Quadzilla deserves to be the best beer of the night is it was more digestible. It was that drier quad. It was that okay. drier Trappist-style quad. The age on that beer, three or four years, just really integrated those cherries. And... I've had this beer before, and tonight was the best best example of that beer I've had. And then the two Tortugas from Carl Strauss. I love, love how they use that that Imperial Meritzen type character. You know, I, I keep using that as a moniker, but you know, those German malts, that big malt up front, that fruity, spicy holidayness in the back. Oh, which one would I? I you know, which one would I want to drink more of? I want to drink more of the two Tortugas. So I guess I have to put him number one. All right. Uh, Carl, are the uh, Church Brewers slightly behind that? Now, three or four. I, Greg disliked the Weyerbacher. I really liked it as a English-style barley wine. I blindfolded. I'm not sure I would have thought it was a quad this time. 
12 ounce bottles that I had recently, I know those were quads. Right, yeah. This one didn't taste quad like to me for some reason, and it might be how they just quad-like. how they package the package the big bottles. It's it's a virtual tie. I I'm gonna put the quad slightly ahead of the the Omegong, and that is because that big multi chewy bread pudding and and caramel and toffee beer, luscious luscious stuff dessert. And yeah, the, the Omegang is obviously hard luck loser because I very hard luck loser. I liked yes, it too. Me. I liked it too. I liked it a lot. I thought it was like you said it was the best incorporation of Brett you've had. Yeah. This is one of the first times that I really kind of strongly disagree with your decision. Because most of the time, like, you know, Jeff makes no decision fine. But come on. That was spectacular. That was a great beer. These were all very good beers. That was fantastic, though. What they did with that beer to Mars, what they did with that Brett was, was uncanny was not anything I've ever had in a Brett beer before. And I've had, I've had a lot of Brett you beers. You can disagree. I might be penalizing a little bit because it wasn't the quad and we were doing a quad show. Just a little bit. But I I don't feel as strongly about the the, the, the Omegang Beer to Mars as you do. I liked it. I liked all these beers. But I don't feel that it was better than these two guys. What they the, did... These two guys are the, the Carl Strauss and the Church Brewers. Right. What they did was fantastic. What what they oh, did there was, was was unheard of as far as I'm concerned in terms of bread beers. Oh. And that deserves a lot of recognition. Should say it for a bread show, I guess. Maybe. That's all I can say. Maybe. You know, maybe in the right circumstance you can talk me into thinking it's better than the church one. But, but not the Carl Strauss. Not the Carl Strauss. All right. Well, I, it's. I mean, you know, that's that's why we, that's why we do it separately, and that's why we do it so we can make. I mean, you you had a religious experience with the Beard of Mars because they found a new way to use. <laughs> yes, I worship it now. Well, I'm just saying, I like that German malt flavor and the mm. spice flavor in the two Tortugas the same way you like the Brett in the. But I've had that before. I have not had that before. I can say the same thing. All right. You've had that. You've had Brett taste like that I've before? I've had good Brett before. I've had really good Brett before. I've had some of the Russian River beers. Yeah, but nothing like that. I've had good Brett before. All right. I mean, if you say so. Don't make me regret my ranking, man. <laughs> That's Craft Beer Radio. This is uh, Greg again. And Jeff, party on, Greg. Party on, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. People's shoulders are big enough for the abuse But they never see